you for coming. I know you've got a lot going on. God bless you. Appreciate you being here. Amen. message in the meeting. Don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Let me make just a comment. Brother Watson preached so wonderfully. Let me make just one comment about something that he preached there that I just want to say. If you'll notice in chapter 13 of the book of Judges, the Bible said that the Spirit of God began to, to move him, began to move him in uh, verse 25, at times in the camp of Dan between Zoar and Eshjol. That's where the Spirit of God began to move him. But in chapter 16, verse 25, it said they buried him between Zoar and Eshjol. Samson was buried. Sin buried Samson. Let me put it this way. Sin buried Samson in the same place that the Spirit began to bless Samson. Did you ever catch that? The first place God blessed him is the same place sin buried him. And I'm telling you, if you don't watch it, Sin will bury you in the place that God once blessed you. Some think about it. He's buried in the same land. I don't want to die in the place that God once blessed me in. Let's all stand. May I sound out as though others has already sounded Thank you for your kindness and taking care of us. I told my wife on the phone today that this church seems to have everything together as good as any church. I preach almost weekly somewhere and church has everything together as good as anywhere I've ever had. Just the kindness, somebody opening doors for you and, and just things that nobody else sees. And I thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor, for your great kindness and the church for your work, great choir, young people's choir, and uh, just uh, a blessing to serve the Lord. I, uh, I want to serve God till the day I die. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm different. I'm not, that's the reason I was dreading to pastor, preach after Brother Chad. He's a dynamic preacher and and I've just kind of got my draggy way about me, but I, I want to die serving God. Uh, the Lord's been too good to lay down the cross now. I want you to turn to the book of Genesis. I want to be brief, if the Lord would help me. I just got some things written down here that I've wrote down. And I just want to be brief, if the Lord would let me. Almost all week, the, the, at least since I've been here, came in Monday, I didn't get here Monday night, but yesterday and then last night and then this morning and then Brother Watson tonight, it seems as though the most of the part of the services has been geared toward the young people, and that's a great thing. But behind every young person is a parent. 
And we cannot expect our children to be any bigger or better than we are. And I, I don't think I've ever preached in this manner, but it'll be good for all of us. But I don't think I've ever preached in the exact manner that I'm going to preach tonight in a congregation like this. I want to preach to all of us, but I want to preach specifically, specifically to the men of this church tonight. To the men of this church, okay? So in Genesis chapter 19, if you'll allow me to read the text very slowly, I promise you I'll try my best to be very brief. Brief to me is 45 minutes, okay? So I'll try to be brief. Genesis 19 verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet. You shall rise early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. And they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And you understand that is a sexual connotation. And, let, and Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, if there's a verse of Scripture in the Bible that makes me sick, it's this one. And said, I pray you, brethren. I can't stop. I can't read on a minute. I would not come out the the door saying, I pray you, brethren. I'd come out the door saying, this is a 357, my friend. Smell the end of this thing, would you, dear? And said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do you to them as is good in your your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they unto the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he needs be a judge. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. They pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. They smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. 
And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law, and thy sons and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place. Huh. Because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this place. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. When the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, uh, this term, I'm not going to preach on it, but four times it's used down through here, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. Thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast shown unto me, or shewed me in uh, saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this, is, this city is near to flee unto. It's a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, and here it is again, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rang upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. I want you to look back in verse 12 and we'll pray and then I want to try to just be brief and stay with my outline if I can and say some things to us. In verse 12, God says in the final statement in verse 12, bring them out of this place. And then he says it again in verse 14. He said, uh, up, get you out of this place. I want to preach tonight on bring them out of this place. Let's bow to pray. Our Father tonight, oh God, oh my God tonight, I don't ever want to stand to preach God without your power. And Lord, I pray tonight that the power of God would consume my being 
and Lord, the being of everyone here. I pray you would speak distinctly, clearly, and plainly to every heart tonight. Make your will known to our lives, I pray. Thank you for this meeting, this church, this pastor, his wife and family, and every work that goes on here. Bless them, I pray, for many days to come. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. I want to ask you specifically, God tonight, if there is one, two, or ten, God in this building that's lost, I pray that you would save them tonight. Work in every heart and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. The story of Lot and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighboring cities is one of the most memorable and frightening in all the scriptures. God burned this city to the ground. The Bible said in Jude 7 that God set this city as an example, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. 2 Peter 2.6 said, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example unto those that should after live ungodly. God said, Sodom is an example to every people, every nation, every town in the entire world forever that will practice ungodliness before the eyes of a holy God. I want to go straight to what I want to say tonight. Notice the sin that was in Sodom. Look back, if you would, in chapter 18, or 13 it is. I can give you this, but I want you to see it. If I want to look at what time it is. At 13, chapter 13, I want you to notice the sin. This sin was horrendous in Sodom. Chapter 13, verse 13, the men of Sodom were wicked, notice that word, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Notice in chapter 19, verse number 7, they call this wickedness. Do not so wickedly. In chapter 19, verse 15, it stated that uh, this was consumed in the iniquity. God's calling this sin horrendous. It is wickedness. It is iniquity. It is uh, a, a, a deep, grievous, wicked sin. Second Peter chapter number two, verse six, called it ungodly. Second Peter chapter two, verse seven, said it is the filthy conversation of the wicked. Second Peter two, eight, said that they were doing their unlawful deeds. In other words, this is a very epitome of all the depths of sin that sin could possibly reach in the depth of depravity it was in Sodom. A lot we could say there, but I want to really come to what I'm saying. Not only this sin was horrendous, but this sin was heard. Notice in chapter 18, verse number 20, this sin was heard. And the Lord said, because the cry 
of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. It was heard. Chapter 19, verse 13. Please just thumb with me, if you will, through the scriptures. He said, for we'll destroy this place because he said the, the cry is waxing great before the Lord. This sin wasn't only horrendous, this sin was heard. It had reached the height of heaven. I want you to listen to this statement a minute. Every time in the Bible that it makes a statement that sin had reached the height of heaven, God always come down in judgment. Amen. And this sin had reached the height of heaven. Oh, I don't understand all that that means that it was heard. But somehow the cry, the wickedness, that cry had reached the ears of God. Amen. And God is tore up about the wickedness of that sin. Amen. Not only is this sin horrendous and this sin is heard, but notice this sin is hurtful. Notice in chapter 18 and verse number 20, he said that uh, it was uh, sin was very grievous. It was hurtful. It was breaking the heart of God. Amen. It means it was a great burden. Oh, dear God. It was a great burden on the heart of God. It was like it was in the days of Noah. God saw their wickedness. God understood their wickedness. Oh, dear friend of mine tonight, I'm telling you, the sin of our generation is horrendous. The sin of our generation has reached heaven. It's been heard in heaven, and it's hurtful. It is grievous to the heart of God. Ezekiel 16 said that it's haughty. Listen, Ezekiel 16, verse 49 and 50. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. He said, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty. That's what God said. They were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. There is, this is the sin that was in Sodom. I repeat myself. It was horrendous. It was heard. It was hurtful. And it was haughty. And God is about to deal with it. Amen. I'm trying to just keep this moving along if we can. Not only is there the sin that was in Sodom, but listen at me. There was the the summons that come to Sodom. The summons that come to Sodom. Chapter number 19, verse number 12. And men said unto Lot, Hast there here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters, whosoever, whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. This started as just a devotion in my heart and I've been writing around on it and looking at it for a while. Amen. God said, bring them out of this place. This was a charge. This was a charge to Lot. This was a charge to Lot. Listen to me closely. This charge was not for angels. This charge was not for preachers. This charge was not for government. This charge was not for the school. This charge was for daddy. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. Yes, sir. 
God said to Lot, bring them out of this place. God has charged every man in this building as the head of your house. I do not know why I'm preaching this way, brother, but I know when God speaks to my heart and I'm just going to mind the Lord. God has given a charge to bring them out of this place. Not only is it a charge, but it's a command. It's a command. Amen. God's saying, you need to bring your family You be the head of your house. You bring your family. We like to preach on prodigal sons, but God knows we got a lot of prodigal parents. We got a lot of prodigal mothers and prodigal daddies and the hope of your children here tonight, my beloved. The hope of your children is that parents will bring their children out of the world that Brother Chad just preached about and keep them out of the world. It's your responsibility. Don't, I'm trying to decide if I want to go with this. Don't lead your children into Sodom and don't leave your children in Sodom. I got to thinking about how he got there. Lot moved to Sodom. I'm not going to ask you to turn for the sake of time. Lot moved to Sodom. Genesis 13, 10, he lifted up his eyes and he looked. And then in Genesis 13, 12, he leaned. He looked towards Sodom. Then he leaned towards Sodom. He pitched his tent that way. And then he lusted after the well-watered plains of Sodom. And then he landed in Sodom. He pitched his tent and he dwelt there. And then he became laden with all the burdens of Sodom. He vexed his righteous soul. But then, listen, listen at me. After he had looked, leaned, Landed, lusted, became laden. He lost all. He lost everything in Sodom. Lot pictures a Christian who will gain the world and lose it all at the judgment seat of Christ. Everything they spent their life for will burn up at the judgment seat of Christ. Lot moved to Sodom. Lot married in Sodom. I don't find anywhere when he left Abraham that he was married. He obviously married down there in Sodom. When he got down there, he married a Sodomite, a girl in Sodom. Let me tell you something, young people. It is never, ever, ever, ever the will of God for you to marry somebody that is not right with God and get married up and unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You listen, you the devil will be your daddy-in-law. Amen. He married in Sodom. Listen, oh, listen at me a minute. Oh, got a long way to go, but... There's a lady in the mountains. She's dead now, North Carolina, over in the mountains of uh, 
the West Jefferson area. Her name was Mrs. Juanita Barnado. I'd preached several revivals in the church around there. And Mrs. Barnado was about 90 at the time. And she would come out and hear me every time and kind of struck up a little relationship with her. And one day my phone rang and it was Mrs. Barnado. And she said, is this Preacher Mullins? And I said, it is. And she said, this is Mrs. Barnado. Do you remember me? And I said, yes, ma'am. I know who I'm talking to. And she said, have you got a minute to talk to me? And I said, yes, ma'am. Go ahead. And this is what she said. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. This is what she said. She said, preacher, would you pray that God would let me go to hell? She'd been saved for 60 years. Close to 70, I think she said. And she said, would you pray that God would let me go to hell? I said, Mrs. Barnado, I do not understand what you're asking me. Explain what you're saying to me. She said, preacher, she said, when I was about 20 years old, I fell in love with a Presbyterian boy. She said they were Calvinists, straight up and down Calvinist. She said that my parents told me not to marry him, that it wouldn't work. And she said everybody told me not to marry him. She said uh, I married him anyway. And she said I went to the church that he went to. She said the gospel was never preached. There was never an invitation given. Never, ever in all the years I went there did I ever hear the gospel. Never, never hear of an invitation. She said, I had two children that grew up in that church. And she said, my oldest, my boy, just died yesterday and went to hell. And she said, preacher, it's my fault. She said, my boy's in hell because I wouldn't listen to mama and I wouldn't listen to daddy. And I wouldn't listen to my pastor. And she said, my boy is in hell. And she said, preacher, I wish God just let me go to hell for my mistake. I want to tell you, friend, tonight, Lot moved to Sodom and then he married in Sodom. And then he made a living in Sodom. He settled in. He made money off of sinful practices of the Sodomites. He, made, he used the world to make his living. But while he's using the world to make his living, making money off of sinful practices, he's losing his family. And then he mixed and mingled in Sodom. Until now he's sitting in the gate just like them. And then he is uh, developed the mindset of Sodom. So much so, that when these sodomites come to the house wanting to have their way with these two young men that came in, he says, I've got two daughters that have never known a man. Take them and do with them what you want to. You know what that really says? He had developed the mindset of Sodom. And God tells him, he summons him. He charges him. Get them out of Sodom. He commands them. Get them out of Sodom. But listen, not only is this was a charge to Lot, this was a command to Lot. But this was a choice for Lot. Whether Lot obeyed or not was up to Lot. Every one of us here tonight 
are making choices every day. You choose every day to lead your family to Sodom. You choose every day to leave your family in Sodom. Now, I know this is not a good message to, to, to stop a jubilee with. We'd rather shout. But I've been a pastor for 44 years, 43 plus. I have watched family after family after family get to looking toward the world. And then they get to leaning toward the world. Then they get to lusting after the world. Then they get to get to land in the world. And then they get laden by the world. I could tell you story after story after story. It's never, ever, ever, ever good. It's quiet. Let me say three things quickly about choices. I'm just junking a lot of this. But let me say three things about choices. Number one, choices may seem correct. There are times that choices seems correct. Lot's choice was made by, he made a choice based on least resistance, lustful reasoning, and loose restrictions. Can I repeat that? Least restrictions, resistance, lustful reasoning, and loose restrictions. His choices were made without an altar to sacrifice on, an appreciation for sin, and an appetite to please self. Choices can seem correct, but hear me a minute. Choices will be checked. In chapter 14, Lot has already went to Sodom. And in chapter 14, the kings of Chedorlaomer and all that bunch took Lot and carried him captive. You know what God just did? God checked his decision. I've watched God check people's decisions. Have I got y'all's attention? Am I boring you? I've watched God check people's decisions. I've watched him check them. We had a couple at our church, a lady at our church, and I can't go on all the story. Wouldn't know how, but... And uh, I watched her go further and further and further. And she began to rebel. She was our piano player. She began to rebel against God and rebel against all the preaching and taking her girl to the world. It was unreal. I won't go into the story. It was absolutely the worst thing I've ever dealt with and that kind of thing since I've been preaching. And I preached and tried to get her to turn and she rebelled and rebelled. And then one day she's going down the road and somebody rear-ended her on the interstate. And God checked her. You understand what I mean? God's trying to say, hey, open your eyes. I'm trying to get your attention. God checked her decision. For a few weeks, she kind of returned to herself. But then in a few days, she's back at it again. And then God checked it another way. But she wouldn't listen. And finally last year, first of this year, she just broke and left. Her whole family 
her kids and her family has fell apart and now they're in the divorce court. Is there anybody here tonight that God's been trying to do something to check? To check your decision? Choices may seem correct. Choices will soon be checked. But choices have consequences. I wish I could say this in a way that you take it in the way I'm trying to say it. A man recently said to me, he said, my life ain't been like yours. I've not been blessed like you have. And I said to brother, I'm worth nothing and God knows that, but I want to make a statement to you that I hope you can get a hold of. My life is only where it's at because of a series of choices I've made. I'm telling you, you can take that for what it's worth. It's just a series of choices I've made. Brother, Brother Williamson tonight, you're not where you at by just accident. I realize there's a God in heaven that charts our course and got a plan for our life. But ultimately, it's a series of choices that we make along the way. Don't expect to wake up at 55 and 60 and everything be good in your life when you made choices for the last 30 years that was wrong. Somebody give me an amen right there. It's a series of choices. And God's saying, there's a sin that was in Sodom. I've told you, try to be brief. There was the summons that come to Sodom. And I, I feel like doing this. I just can't get away from it. How many daddies and granddaddies do we have this evening? I don't want you to stand up. Daddies and granddaddies. The future of America. Now, I want you to listen to how I'm saying this. I want you to listen to how I'm saying this. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. The future of America is not these boys right here. Now, I know we think it, and that's real true. That's really true. But I'm going to tell you where the future of America is at. The future of America is this right here. If we fail them now, don't expect them to be right tomorrow. If we're wrong today, I know that might not be flying real good right about now. We want, we want, we want our children and grandchildren to be great for God, while we still look, lean, land, lust after the things of this world, and expect them to turn out right. God said, "Lord." Bring them. It's your response. He didn't say try. He said, Lot, bring them. I understand all. I'll let you see me sit in just a minute. I understand the implications here. I'm not stupid. I understand the implications here. I understand that Lot had lost his testimony. But really, what God's telling Lot to do. Preacher, I'm not trying to be rough tonight, but what God's telling Lot to do, right. he's not saying go to him and say, would no. you like to leave Sodom? No, sir. Bring them out of here. Bring them out. That's exactly bring right. them out of here. That's exactly what it meant. You the boss, bring them out of here. Exactly right. 
Quit petting them and playing and partying and trying to be their best friend. Bring them out of this place. Do whatever you have to. Thank you. You can be seated. I'll come to the last truth and I'm done. I didn't mean to tear your jacket up. I get wild sometimes. The sin that was in Sodom. It was the summons that came to Sodom. Last and I'm done. There's the sentence that was up on Sodom. It was a divine sentence. A divine sentence. I won't take time to make you turn to it. Chapter 19, verse 13 said, The Lord has sent us to destroy this place. Chapter 19, verse 14 said, The Lord will destroy this place. Chapter 19, 24 said, The Lord rained fire upon Sodom, Gomorrah, and brimstone and fire from the Lord. This is a divine sentence. May I say to every person in this building, every son of Adam has a divine sentence hanging over their head. It was a destructive sentence. We will destroy this place three times. God's telling them, this is nothing to play with. I wonder if Lot really, I think he did, but sometimes I wonder. Maybe I'm different. Well, Stuart, I think that I know your daddy well enough to know that if you were in a building that some faction in town was about to bomb and burn and it was going to happen in three minutes and you was resisting, I think your daddy would do whatever it took to drag you away to safety. Why are we so pampering people today? You know why? We do not see the divine and destructive sentence that's hanging over our generation's head. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. Who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? It's a destructive sentence. And lastly, it's a damning sentence. God said that they suffered the vengeance of eternal fire. If I understand what that means, Brother Chad, you correct me if I'm wrong. If I understand what that means in the book of Jude, that they suffered the vengeance of eternal fire, it means this. The souls that died in Sodom that day are still burning in fires of hell right now while I speak. Now I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. If we get a hold of that, there ain't nothing in this world would matter no more. There ain't nothing in this world would matter to you anymore except being sure that you got your family having under the judgment of God. Lot renounced his faith for Sodom, raised his family in Sodom, and reaped his failures in Sodom. Sitting up yonder in the mountain, I don't know how he lived with himself. He wasn't a lost man. He'd been around Abraham. 
He had been around more God than most of us ever thought about being. Setting up yonder and I'm done. Setting up yonder in the mountain. He's so depressed. He gets drunk and lays with his two daughters. Of course, they're the initiator of that. I wrestled with this. I'm telling you, I wrestled with this. I've got a lot of other things I could have preached. I wrestled with it. And I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, God spoke to my heart on Saturday morning with this. And I wrestled with it. And I came in here still knowing it. May I say to every mama and every daddy and every grandpa in this building, whatever you do with your life, be sure that you bring your children out of this place. This world's wicked, buddy. This world is wicked. I want no part of it other than to try. Who was it? Vance Havner said, God called me out of this world to go back into this world, to call others out of this world. And that's the only business I've got in this world. Can I plead with you tonight in the final invitation to this meeting? Daddy, get out of the world. Bring your children out. I know you don't want to see your boy go to hell. You don't want to see your girl go to hell. Whatever you do, bring them out of this place. Let's all stand. I want us to bow our head just a moment, but Shiflet's coming. Bring them out of this place. I just scratched the message tonight. Do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? If your children and grandchildren are not are not in the world and not going to hell, you ought to be on the altar begging God to save somebody in your church's children. Every single meeting, somebody in my church says, pray for my boy. Please pray for my girl. Please pray for my children. I thank God for the young people here. But their security for tomorrow rests greatly in the parents of today. Altars open. Altars open. Altars full. There's room for more. Daddy. Bring them out of this place. God convicted me while he was preaching. Some things I can do different. Things I can do better. And I'm going to do it. What about you? Mamas, 
when daddy does, you ought to be behind him. You ought to be right behind daddy in agreement. I think we'd be shocked that the moms and daddies are not on the same page about their children. 